All right, guys, welcome back to the Better Everyday Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Weems. Today I have with me Thunder Valley coach and friend, Josh Meisner. He's been with us since 2017 as a member, and most recently we brought him on as a coach. He is a great personality at the gym, and he's already becoming an asset to the Thunder Valley staff. So, Josh, how's it going? Going great, Brad. I appreciate your kind words. Yeah, man, no problem. Good having you on today. Um, tell us about you. Where'd you grow up? What are you doing for work these days? Uh, any hobbies you have about your family? Whatever. Yep. Uh, I grew up in Greenville, Tennessee, and uh, grew up there. I went to Greenville High School, and... Uh, Moved to Knoxville to go to college uh, and ended up transferring to ETSU. So I went to both schools, um, transferred to ETSU, and I've done a little bit of everything. Um, I worked in a barbecue restaurant that's now closed, which is kind of sad, stands. Uh, worked at golf course, uh, picking up golf balls um, by hand, the range picker. That was fun. Um, and then having people hit you in the golf cart. You know, it's pretty loud. <laughs> Any serious injuries? No. Okay. Um, I mean, there were some times where we probably almost flipped some carts, but yeah, but nothing too bad. But I've done a little bit of everything. Um, since college, I worked in the golf industry, the wine industry. Um, I sold Cutco knives. I've sold insurance, but uh, currently real estate, and it's definitely my favorite um, most rewarding sales job for sure. It's been cool seeing you, uh, hustle in this new, um, job that you got. And, uh, I know that you've already been closing some deals, so yep. that's good. Yep. Yeah. The one, the one thing I did felt to mention in the intro was, uh, how amazing of a golfer is, uh, Josh is <laughs> now granted, I've been asked to go out and play with the guys for years and I just don't currently with a four and one year old have the time to commit right. to learning, uh, what seems to be a very difficult game, but everyone's like, Meisner is one of the best around. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I, I say I used to be a player. Now I have a lot of fun and try to shoot, uh, try to shoot par, but have a good time, have a few beverages and, and enjoy myself. But, um, yeah, I used to play, I, I started playing when I was nine, um, got introduced pretty early. I'm thankful for that. And I was allowed to kind of develop my own swing and my own game. And I had a lot of growing up in Greenville. There were a lot of us that played, um, my best friend played, um, Blaine and, uh, a friend Todd and, um, another good friend of mine, Justin Jeffers. Uh, and we, we had a lot of good competition. Uh, we all wanted to get better and beat each other. And there were some guys a little bit older than us that had, you know, played at a really high level, like tour events and, and such as that. And, uh, I, I enjoyed, not just playing, but the process of, you know, hitting bunker shots and practicing chipping and putting and all the, the little things that you have to do to get better. I really enjoyed that, but, um, yeah, I, I got pretty good in, in high school. Uh, my attitude probably cost me a little bit at the time, unfortunately, but, uh, I still love to play and I used to play competitively, um, I guess probably 10 years ago, I used to play a few times a week at least, um, playing state mid-am, stuff like that. I may try again this year since the qualifiers at Graysburg. That's, I consider my home course. So I may try again, but played, I, I really didn't get 
huge into it till I was probably 16 or 17 because basketball was so big. Right. You know, every kid thinks they're going to be Michael Jordan. Well, I was decent, not great. <laughs> right. So, uh, but then started to focus on golf from there. Well, it sounds like your golfing journey is kind of like my tennis journey. I started at the age of five and, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I peaked a little bit too early. It's around that 13 to 14 year old age that I kind of, uh, hit my peak. And then from there kind of lost motivation, I guess it's just from where I started at such an early age, but, right. um, just like in the CrossFit world, you were talking about the competition you were going against mm-hmm. and. That's what uh, makes CrossFit so unique and beautiful at the same time is we're all pushing each other and uh, getting better at the same time. But then also you were talking about how you enjoy the process and it's a lot of those small cues and those drills that you can work on that are going to make you better all around. Absolutely. Absolutely. um, I want to share with everybody this morning your CrossFit journey because it's (laughs) a little bit unique versus uh, some of the other individuals at the facility yep. but i feel like there's a lot of people that maybe uh, are nervous or are looking to take that first step that could benefit from your story so you uh you want to go ahead and give your your st- side How of the story I tell my side there you, you go tell your side there we go we'll find the truth in the middle <laughs> absolutely so um I, a few years ago, I'd say probably five years ago, I had gotten to a place where I had a job where I sat all the time. I didn't exercise. I didn't eat correctly. And it caught up with me. I was around 30 and my metabolism slowed down a ton. And I saw, I looked at myself in the mirror one morning getting ready and I was like, okay, it's time to make a change. So... I started going to Lifestyles, and I've known uh, Walter Hall over there for a long time, and I was kind of doing my own thing, maybe shooting some basketball, doing a few reps, and he's like, hey, you need to come in here and do this circuit class. So I'm like, okay. So I go in there, do the circuit class, and uh, I ended up losing quite a bit of weight and uh, getting a little bit stronger, I would say. And then I met Kelly Wolf in there. And Kelly Wolf's a local developer that owns commercial residential uh, rentals and builds houses as well. And I went to work for him for three years. And when I went to work for him, one of those properties was Suncrest Village. And Brad and Ashley Weems lived out there and at the time. And Henry was a baby. Yeah, probably one at the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I was just in there to fix something one day yep. and you said, Hey man, you lost some weight. You look good. And I was like, Hey, I really appreciate that. Cause I had put a lot of work in for probably a year at that point. And, uh, he's like, you ever try CrossFit? And I heard the word and I was like, I've seen it on TV. That looks scary. And I was, <laughs> you know, you invited me like, yeah, you can come by anytime on, you know, Saturday or, you know, come try us out. And I knew a few people at the gym. I knew the Pearsons, um, and, uh, a few, I knew Megan Schmidt, I've known Megan Schmidt a long time and I came and did on ramp with Ashley Begley mm-hmm. and she did a fantastic job cause she's a fantastic person and I did it. I really liked it. And then I didn't come back to the gym for, <laughs> yeah. So let me give minute. you some insight. So, um, <laughs> here's how it typically goes with a person trying out their first week. They come in the first time. And they're always just pumped up and excited. Mm-hmm. Now, 
over the years, we've learned you have to scale your athletes. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you start slow because I want to see you more throughout that first seven days yeah. that you're trying this out. Um, if I can get a person in for two days, that means the first workout didn't kill them too bad. <laughs> or they've had enough rest to get all that soreness out. Yeah. If I get them in three days, the likelihood of signing someone up is roughly 80 to 90%. I think in that five week or the the five days of on-ramp or however many sessions it was, you were there almost every single day. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to give an analogy for the audience, this is like going on multiple dates with someone and then all of a sudden (laughs) they just drop you like it's hot. (laughs) You you know, you're calling, you're texting, no response. Ghosting. Exactly. So, uh, I see him around the neighborhood. But I saw you almost every day. That's what was awkward about this is the fact that I pass you every single day. And so I told myself, okay, it it must be me. He don't like me. Um, You know, why why are we not dating now? Why why didn't he come on as a member? So I decided, even though I'm seeing him every day, I'm not going to bring it up. And so what was it, like six to eight weeks before I even... So I acknowledged think, the fact that you you didn't come back. I think I first came in. Uh, was did I do on ramp first, or you did, did I do seventeen five? You did you did on ramp. So okay, you, I did on ramp in you, February, and then the open was ending in March, and I came in and did seventeen five on a Saturday with Terry Pearson, and it was. Ten rounds. It was it was a Friday night actually. Was it Friday night? Okay, it was a Friday night. That's right. Because yep. T Money gave me a beer when I was done. There yeah, you go. That's right. Um, but it must have been like six to eight weeks from your last on ramp session to yeah. your next workout. It'd been a minute, which was what was crazy. So uh, I think it was like he was at the mailbox or something one day, and I and I just kind of was like, "Hey, we'd still love to have you back, but no pressure." Mm-hmm. Is kind of how I approached it. And he's like, "Okay, I'm going to commit to come tomorrow." And I'm like, "Well, pump the brakes, but I'm like, <laughs> we got this." CrossFit open thing going on and the worst workouts, always the thruster workout, but you, you still committed, came in. It's a thruster and double under 10 rounds. It was something like uh, non thrusters and 35 double unders or something. I did the barbell and singles and it was still awful. Yeah. Um, I remember, I think you were like, do you want to go heat one? And I was like, no way. And then I think I went heat three, I think, with and Terry's like, just go, you know, the same heat as me. I'm like, okay, great. Um, and I remember Bobby was in heat two. And of course, Bobby was super friendly right off the get. And, right. Uh, I saw him do a thruster and then the barbell's over his head and he drops it behind him and it hits him like in the trap. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I, I'm going to die today. So it's going to happen. When I was trying to force you into the heat one, it's so you would not see such things. Right. Yep. You know, I saw I, Ashley I, Begley also just not having any fun, but having fun. And she's, you know, she was a monster. And she, uh, yeah, I saw everybody struggle for two heats. And yeah, the anxiety definitely went up for you, sure. And you still stayed and did it. Yep. And then you're like, okay, let's do this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which I think is just absolutely crazy, but they a can't really get me cool to leave. story. What's, yeah, no. <laughs> so that's the thing. Uh, you know, you found out about us. You you tried us out. You came back for a terrible workout. You uh, decided to sign up after a thruster workout. Mm-hmm. And for you guys that don't know what a thruster is, that is a full depth squat with a press overhead. It's done multiple reps at a time. 
full body exercise, it's going to take night the heart rate. So a very tough rep. And so anyway, this is Josh's origin story. And then come 2018, lo and behold, who's the person that comes in 262 days <laughs> out of 365? Yeah. This guy. Yeah. And so what, what, uh, from a mindset standpoint made you have this pivot of like, I'm not even sure I can do this workout to coming in to 262 days a year. Well, you know, it, it was, I, it became a commitment. It just became, this is what I do, you know, five to six days a week. And it's not, it's not just working out, you know, I could go to another gym and, you know, do some bench press and do this or that, but it's a commitment to myself, to the people around me, to you and Chris, um, you know, the accountability factor is huge. You know, if somebody doesn't come in the gym for a while, they're getting a text from not one person, but multiple people. And and that's not just coaches. That's members no, as well. Absolutely. Pro- members are probably harder because, you know, we're not in your position as the, the business owner. Um, you know, I'm just like, hey, you need to get in the gym. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like that. Of course, they don't have to text me about being there because I'm already there. Are but. you the one typically doing the texting? <laughs> yes. Yeah. For sure. For um, sure. But yeah, man, it's just been a cool story. Um, it, it's been awesome, you know, from where you came from to where you're at now. And now you're on as a coach. Yeah. So, you know, Honored. Uh, there, there's a guy um, that I listened to on a podcast he is all about this, and not to say that you're not a highly technical coach, mm-hmm. but he is all about this belief system that he would rather, when it comes to two individuals and two resumes, uh, when it, it, and finding a good coach at a fitness facility, he would rather have someone that can make you laugh, that's fun to be around, a great personality, versus someone that has 28 certifications mm-hmm. but doesn't know how to talk to somebody. Right. And that's why it's been such an easy transition for you to come in as a coach and you know it'd be so smooth like everybody just likes you you're just <laughs> a good personality that. appreciate that so uh are you liking coaching absolutely yeah uh, it's it is challenging i mean and i expected it to be challenging but you know you you have you know coach 9 30 and 12 on wednesdays on fit club and you know, those are two very different classes, just like 5 a.m. CrossFit's very different than 4.30 or 5.30 p.m. Um, you know, you have to kind of learn everybody's personality and who you, what buttons you can push with that person and, uh, you know, what's going to make them, you know, either, you know, tick to, do they need to be pushed a little bit? Do they need to be encouraged? Do they need, uh, you know, somebody to just give them a hard time? Right. It, you know. And is that something that you realized before you came a coach or do you think that's something that you've learned during your coaching? I think probably a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like in in sales, you know, you don't sell to everyone the same. Right. You know, you might have a highly technical person who's like an engineer or something like that. They're going to want data. And then you're going to have somebody who's a little more um emotionally driven then you, you know, you play into that. So I think it's very similar to that, you know, like Lisa Fleener at 12 o'clock fit club. I just push her and challenge her, tell her Tom Clements, you know, smoking her in the run. She's, 
she's going to push it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. And then you have some that just need encouragement mm-hmm. and some that don't want just, you to push them. Yep. They just want to do them. They just want to do their hour and, and, and go. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's uh, been the toughest part of the job so far? Gosh, keeping everybody happy with the playlist. That, you I feel know, bad of how hard of a time I gave you all before when I was just an athlete in the gym. <laughs> it's uh, it's stressful sometimes. That is the biggest complaint <laughs> at the facility all mm-hmm. the time is, you know, you've got, let's call it 14 people in your mm-hmm. 930 Fit Club class. Yep. Not everybody's going to like Taylor Swift or <laughs> JT or yeah, JT <laughs> or, the, or the song Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. Exactly. You know? I'm glad you brought that up. So, um, it, you, you just, that's true. Or the music is the hardest part. Or Biggie. I mean, and the, to try to keep it as clean as possible. And, but also, you know, there's some of those songs that are very motivating. I mean, I love Rage Against the Machine when I'm working out, but it's not for everyone. Correct. So. Correct. I have to keep that in mind. Uh, if, if you're listening and you are one of those people that have a tendency to complain about music, just always have a backup song. That's like right. you're or a go-to song because there's nothing worse than someone that complains and you're like, what do you want me to put on? And they're like, just anything but this. And I, I, that's right. I, that did, we, it didn't help anything. I don't, I don't know. What, I still don't know what to do or to make yeah. you happy. So Alexis Green wants a lot of Britney Spears. A yeah. lot of, a lot of Britney. You can't ever go wrong with a lot of Britney. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's, let's see how good you of a coach you're becoming and i want to kind of test um where you're at how long you've been at this two or three months now i believe so okay Mm -hmm. so we're going to do some scenarios okay you're coaching a class or there's a situation at the gym and this takes place Mm -hmm. what do you do okay okay first scenario uh we got a partner workout for the day and you've got an odd number of people in class. Um, the odd person in class uh, realizes, you know, nobody wants to pair with them and begins crying. What do you do? Well, um, first I mean, of all, full-blown tears. Full-blown tears? It, it's basically like they were the last person picked in gym class. Well, there's definitely a lot of people at our gym that would probably, as I'm orchestrating getting the workout going probably noticed even before the coach a lot of times but um i would probably grab somebody very experienced very sweet like um you know elizabeth brown or somebody like that and say hey you know i would get that person over there make them feel as comfortable as possible and you know because an experienced member is going to be like i'll go solo or i'll shadow or something like that but definitely make them feel like you know they're not the odd one out um, yeah, that's probably what I do. Find an experienced person with a okay. good personality. All right. Um, it's a day of rig work at Thunder Valley and you've got a <laughs> member that's maybe been there six to eight weeks and they've maybe been on the rig two or three times. Mm-hmm. They get the smallest tiny rip on their hand, no bleeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start pretending or acting as if gasoline and fire has been, um, put mm-hmm. on there this rip like this yes. rip is just over the top what do you do yeah are we still in the middle of the workout yeah we're in the middle okay. of the workout like there's us you know we got 12 minutes left yeah and this person's just it's yeah it's not even bad like 
if you put on Instagram, like for the old school days, these people would laugh at them. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on their personality. But, uh, I mean, as far as like toes to bar, I've switched to toes to rig, which is is also difficult. It's it's a good, that's a good pivot. Uh, it's, it's still difficult and they're not going to rip their hands on that. Um, maybe, maybe go into something banded, but they may still, they may still rip if there's tape on there or something like that. Okay. Not bad. I like, I like the pivot. All right. Melissa, for you guys that have ever seen any of Melissa's club workouts, it's amazing. She has probably an inventory of like 378 different exercises. Mm -hmm. So you're coaching that morning. You didn't get a time to look at the workout before you came in. There's an exercise on the board. You have no idea what it is, and there's Mm -hmm. no YouTube video out there. (laughs) None of us coaches can help. What do you do? Do you make an exercise up? So you're saying you haven't coached 5 a.m. before me that day? Uh, Good call. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got you. uh, Somebody was covering for me. How about that? Uh, Thankfully, Melissa is super great about not only having it up, but if I have a question, I will, you know, ask her or um, such as that. But um, usually uh, I pick on Alicia uh, Church and make her <laughs> uh, do the movement for me. All right. Yeah. So you kind of are like going to your Fit Club OGs yeah. to help you in this right. awkward situation, basically. Or what I think it is. Okay. So what I think the movement would be. All right. I like it, man. You're passing so far. Um there, there's a member, uh, let's say it's their first week, uh, mm-hmm. two weeks there. Melissa's got a doozy of a workout. It's hot outside. They ate uh, cheddar rounds before they came in that day. Um, Shout out to Pals. They're, 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 looking, they're looking rough. Pals, yeah. if you'd like to sponsor this show, <laughs> please feel free to contact me. Um, but it, they're, they're, telling, they're looking white. They're telling you they might throw up, and then they proceed to throw up on another member. Mm. What are you doing? <laughs> we still got 20 minutes in class. So like, and, and it's one of those workouts where everybody's moving around. Okay. And we're talking like a whole two sheets of rubbers covered. Okay. Well, we're going to have to quarantine the area. Okay. And that first, but it smells terrible. Like, smells well, terrible. how am I supposed to do burpees in that square next to that? <laughs> you're just going to have to move to another part of the gym. Um, <laughs> you're just going to have to make it work. Um, no, uh, would, Definitely help the person that is throwing up and maybe they need to cruise on the bike for a minute. Maybe just take a little cool down walk, grab some water. Um, you know, maybe if, unless they don't want to eat, probably maybe a little bit of a bar. I usually have a bar in my, in my, uh, bag. Is that just by coincidence or you have like a little, um, emergency kit that you bring when you're yeah. coaching? Well, it is a big bag with lots of gear, but, okay. um, no, just in case, I mean, I felt bad in workouts and go, man, I need a little bit of sugar or I'm not going to get through this. Typically hydration wise, I'm usually pretty good, but, um, yeah, go get a big bucket of mop water and try to get it away, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing good man i like it uh one last hopefully sen- catch the whiteness before uh, yeah yeah before i mean it was there. a big class and you know uh, <laughs> it's hard to keep tabs on everybody sometimes that's right this one uh not necessarily this situation doesn't necessarily take place at the gym when you're coaching but uh there's a prospective member that comes and tries it out for a whole week uh this may be is like your favorite um 
uh, favorite server at a restaurant. And they're like, Josh, I want to come try this out. They come for a week and then you keep seeing them around town and they haven't been in in six to eight weeks. What do you do? I think you um, kind of like sales, you you check in a couple different ways, maybe through text or a call and just checking in with them, make sure that they're okay. Probably do that periodically. Yeah, and then when you see a really good thruster workout with jump yeah, rope in it yeah, come up, you, you invite them back, in. right? Yep. Awesome. I, I actually didn't do thrusters on Monday. I did burn instead, thankfully. You realize <laughs> what I just did there? I tried to bring it back. I know. Okay. I know. I like it. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's been great having you on today. Um, like I said already, you've been an asset to Thunder Valley, not only as a member, but also as a coach. I appreciate and that. And it's, it's good having you part of the Thunder Valley family. Yeah, it's good to be. So. Great thing that happened to me, for sure. Awesome. Guys, thanks for listening today. And we are signing off.